You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Good morning, everybody. This is Real Presence Radio Live. Steve Sponskowski along with Tom O'Keefe. We're coming to you this morning. Uh, just kind of, we're doing what we do on, on radio, on live radio. We're just talking. We're just bantering about the things that are on our heart this half hour. Um, and uh, we've been talking about loneliness uh, this week. Um, Teresa Tommy has uh, kind of talked a little bit about loneliness, and the Surgeon General came out with a report stating that uh, there was uh, huge ramifications of lack of connection, even with physical health and mental health uh, within our uh, human uh, bodies. And we were talking about how, you know, as, as human persons made in the image and likeness of our God, who is a Trinitarian God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we are made for connection. We are made for relationship. And so that lack of relationship can lead uh, with 50% more, li- more likelihood of dementia, yes. 60% a chance of premature death. death. Um, and other things that really come into play if we're not in connection. And uh, speaking about connection, uh, Brady Borslin, who is our guest next half hour, is here early, so he's joining us. So good morning, Brady. Good morning, Steve. And your position at the diocese is working in discipleship? You, yeah, uh, I work with the youth and young adults for the diocese. Very good. So so this actually, this whole question can come into play, too, because I'd mentioned earlier that uh, a lot of the college groups are saying that loneliness amongst uh, our young adults is a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was actually, as I was walking in I, and I heard you guys started talking about that, I was, I was excited. And then uh, to be able to come in here and add on to that is, is going to be fun. Um, yeah, so loneliness is huge. Uh, there's a longing for community for young people, uh, whether it's high schoolers or young adults, um, and it's becoming inc- uh, like harder for them to get into community because the world be- is becoming more secular. Uh, and, and what we're noticing in that is, uh, again, just what you guys have probably talked about in the first 15 minutes is just like isolation that leads to just sorrow and, and just a hard, uh, an inability to, to progress, to, to grow in life or to feel joy in life because they have no connectivity like you mentioned. Yeah, and, and, it's, and we could talk maybe a little bit about what, what causes that, but uh, I just think some of those common sense things that we, we have lost about, you know, a connection with, with family, with extended family, uh, how to connect to each other, how to play mm-hmm. uh, together, uh, and surely the, the role of, of uh, social media and, and, and that kind of thing has had devastating effects on our ability to relate to each other. Oh, yeah, it's had significant uh, impact on our ability to relate uh, I mean, you go anywhere, you go to a restaurant, you hang out with friends, the first thing you see is the phones coming out. Like, even though they're in person with each other, there's still like uh, an anxiety that I need to be connected to my phone to see what's going on in the world, even though like I'm with someone that right now. Uh, and, and so that creates uh, troubles, it creates problems as we know. Um, another thing that I noticed too, or I heard this once way back in the day is like, is the you know, as, as the, uh, the neighborhoods started to develop, like it, the, they developed the houses differently to where instead of having like a front porch, like everyone knew everyone in the neighborhood, um, like you'd, you know, be able to see them as you're hanging out. Like you started to see the porches being moved to like the backyard, more of a private area. Again, trying to seclude yourself a little bit more and exclude yourself from a, like even a, a neighborhood connectivity, uh, which I found very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, uh and I think some of it too. They, they talk about this FOMO, which I don't understand, but the, the fear of fear of missing out. Yeah. And yeah. In, in in this in this quest to not miss out, they're missing out. Mm-hmm. They're they're missing out on the person right in front of them as they're they're uh, 
trying to engage with a, a virtual reality. You know, you t our neighborhood is just so crazy. I, Audrey and I have always wondered, because we were raised in that generation that moved to the backyard, yeah. and everybody does everything in their front yard. Hmm. You know, even though they have decks in the back and things like that, they've got their fire pit out in the front yard, and just the neighborhood kind of comes alive at night. Uh, so it, it's kind of been a, a challenge. Not a, not a challenge, but just a different thing for Audrey and I, because like in, in the 60s, the baby boomers, you're right, Brady. I never thought about it. We moved to the backyard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting, uh, Brady, you, th you threw out the phrase, isolation leads to loneliness and sadness. And I was thinking about that. You know, whenever I experience something that brings me joy, the first thing I do is I want to call my wife, mm -hmm. right? Or relate it to somebody who's nearby who I have a, a relationship with and say, hey, guess what? This just happened. And as you relate that to them, you, in a certain sense, experience even more joy about what happened than if like, I've got, I got all this information bottled up and I, and I, I can't share it with anybody, right? It's right. kind of that sense that you want to share it. And you really experience the most joy when you share that with other people. Mm -hmm. So even if something joyful does happen in your life and you can't share it with anybody, where does that go? You know, there's a, the responsibility this, of a sadness. I have no one to share this with. Mm -hmm. I have this great thing happened, but no one, no one here to listen. And so I could see that where they, even a joyful event without any relationship would cease to be a joyful event because you can't share it. Yeah. And, and you know, they, there was a book I was reading by Everett Fritz a few years ago. It kind of became a staple in youth ministry, uh, The Art of Forming Young Disciples. And he talks about uh, that youth uh, today, ha about 4.8% of youth today have meaningful conversations with adults. I mean, I know that's uh, like a particular group that these youth would talk to, but only 4.8%, you know, it might be a little different now, but that they don't get beyond like the pleasantry exchange. So they don't get, they don't feel like they're known. Uh, again, so like they have all this good news, like you said, and they don't have anyone to share it with. And so then they just dwell on it, ruminate on it, and eventually they'll shut down because nobody's there to listen. And I think, uh, Tom, you mentioned uh, how this loneliness from people, this lack of, of connection and relationship with people leads to a lack of connection with God. Mm -hmm. I mean, as a certain sense, how can we know the God we don't see if we don't know, if we can't know the people around us that we can see? And so oftentimes, right, I mean, that's where father wounds come from. Children, in a certain sense, equate their relationship with the father similar to how they, you know, connect with their own father because that's the father they see. So then they're thinking, well, God, if he's my father, he's probably like, they don't think, I don't think they intentionally do this. This is kind of an internal thing. But we have that thing where our human relationships really kind of paint a picture for us of what our relationship can be with God. And therefore, if we don't have communications and relationships with those around us, it's pretty difficult to have a relationship with God. Yeah, and God reveals them to us, reveals Himself to us, to us on, in beauty and truth, and and you know we've kind of moved away from that Judeo-Christian society, and now we're moving further and further away from each other. And I think we underestimate how much of that beauty and the truth comes in our relationship with each other, and how much we see that beauty in our neighbor, and uh, and it just drives drives us further away from God and drives us deeper into despair. Because uh, we need that intimacy, and that intimacy you can't get from being so many likes mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. by something you said, or, or so so many uh, so many subscribers uh, doesn't bring you that level of intimacy, that deeper sharing of self with each other. If you're just joining us, this is Real Presence Live. We're talking about loneliness. A recent study from the Surgeon General uh, said that uh, really there are really terrible ramifications of an, of lack of connection. 
um, with other humans and uh, re- lack of relationship leading to pre- premature death, uh, leading to dementia, all those things, uh, those are the were 50 and 60% chance of, of higher chance of dementia or premature death, but other things too that really affect our body. And so we've been talking about that for this half hour, really about how important it is. And that's kind of the physical level. We've kind of moved down into the spiritual level where if you don't have physical connection, if you don't have that interaction with people around you, it's very difficult. Um, I'm not going to say impossible because nothing's impossible with God, Um, but pretty difficult to have a relationship with God because of our experience with others really leads us to an experience of God, and I think Pope John Paul II, his theology of the body, really alludes to that sense of the, the creation around us helps us to know God better. You know, my uh, my my grandma had uh, eleven children. And I can't even count how many grandchildren that she had. My, my wife asked me one time, "How come you love your grandma so much?" And I said, "Well, because she had that ability to, to for all those people in her life to look at you like you were the only mm-hmm. one and pay complete attention to you." That when you walked in the door, that was all, all that. And, and someone like that can teach you a little bit of how the Father looks at you, too. And, and when we don't have that person in our life, that, 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 that God in our life, that we think looks at us like we're the only one, and he's completely there for you at this moment, uh, it can certainly lead to, to, to loneliness and, and uh, decline. So what's, what's the takeaway? What's the challenge to us all? I think uh, I'm challenged by my own children. Sometimes I'll get home from work in the evening, I'll sit down, and the first thing I do is pull up my phone to see what's on my personal email because I've been reading my work emails all day long. And uh, <laughs> my young son, Damien, will come and say, uh, so, Dad, uh, I have a question for you. And I'm like, yeah, and I'm still on my phone. You know? And then later Jacinta will say, so Damien said that... Uh, he comes and talks to you, but you just kind of stay on your phone. <laughs> like, yeah, it's true. The other day, my daughter came and sat down, and uh, she picked up her phone, looked at it, and I was looking at my phone, too, because I was sitting on the couch. And, and then she put her phone down, and she said, Dad, you're always looking at your phone. You know, it's kind of this joke of, I said, wait a minute, you just put your phone down, too, right? That sense of, we need to put our phones down. And I, I honestly, I have to be intentional. I, the truth of the matter is I kind of am tired of technology anyway at the end of the day. So I, I try to have this pattern of coming home and I just take my phone and I put it, put it upside down on the counter, which many of my siblings com, you know, complain saying, we can, never, we can never get a hold of you. Well, yeah, after six o'clock, you, I'm just not going to be by my phone. Um, but something that we, whatever you can do in your day to try to focus on, again, being that person in the room, making that person in the room or that relationship primary to anything else, uh, we all have our challenges. But that's for me. That's one challenge for me. Yeah, well, are, are, we a, are we using our phone? Are we using social media as a tool? Or are we a slave to it? Yeah. Does it own us? And, and it, it's, it's so easy to slide over to the other side because Audrey and I have this, my wife and I have this same discussion of who's more addicted to their phone and it ends up to be this battle. And it's, we should both admit that we're losing and put our phones down. Yeah, when Jacinta and I go on a date, the first thing we do is we put our phones away. It's just like, and here, I read a, uh, an article about this too, where it's a lot of times we don't we put our phones next to us, and we kind of a, I put it away. Like I'll put it over here, and I put it upside down, and I just put it away. But it's still within my view. Mm-hmm. I can still see it. And it's like if I really were going to put it away, like put it in my coat pocket or something, so I can't even see it with this. It's kind of like. My precious, as it were, you know, with Gollum. <laughs> and that was actually oh, yeah. the article was my precious, and it was my cell phone, right? That sense of our phone is kind of our precious. And we really, you know, as soon as we're like, where's my phone? Where's my phone? I did it the other day. And we're like, 
you know, tapping your pockets and like, where's my phone? Okay, there it is. And then it wasn't until I noticed, knew where my phone was that I had peace. Is our phone our precious? Is our technology our precious? Or is it the relationships around us that are precious? So something to ponder, something to pray about. We can all be challenged. So so great conversation, Tom. Thanks for bringing that up. And and, uh, we're going to continue the conversation uh, with Brady Borsland on the other side of the break. This is Real Presence Live. And uh, we want to continue to talk with you and, uh, and journey with you through your faith. So thank you for joining us today. We will be right back on the other side of the break. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Good morning. This is Real Presence Live. Steve Sponskowski along with Tom O'Keefe and Brady Borsland in studio with us this morning. We're talking about we're talking about loneliness again, going back to that Surgeon General's report and warning about uh, the danger of not having connection with other people, with other humans, and how that can really have a significant effect on your physical health, but also we're talking about your spiritual health here. And just over the break, we were talking a little bit about how people really do want to gather together, and we see that. Uh, we see that really through through sports, right? People really want to come together and cheer on something. An article I read a number of years ago uh, talked about how the, the stadiums are our new churches. People are building bigger and better stadiums so that they can come together and cheer on their team, work together in, you know, in something that they really value and believe in. And that's, you know, many families are traveling spending how many hours on the road and how much money going from tournament to tournament so that they can be there for their kids in the sports. Um, and these sports have really overtaken, really, our, our, our spiritual life, our parish life. The parish has become kind of that building over there, and our, our stadiums and our schools have become, we spend more time there um, because we want something, we want to come together. And as Aaron mentioned on the break, we've kind of lost the sense of what community even is. So I'm going to take that conversation now and zoom right in because we got Brady, the expert here on youth, uh, lots of experience on youth. So let's let's take that and zoom that in, um, Brady, on with your years of experience with working with youth. Um, what are, what do they need? How do we need to engage them? Good question. Um, so for those that are listening, uh, my name is Brady. Uh, I've been here at the diocese for almost three years uh, in the director role of youth and young adult ministry. But prior to that. I worked for the Diocese of Crookston uh, on both the diocesan level and on a parish level where I served at Holy Rosary for 11 years. Um, and it's a very interesting question because uh, when I started getting into the church, uh, it, there was kind of like a, a shift already happening. So it was, it was interesting to see that begin. Um, and I was a, kind of a young adult in Crookston. And so Mark Holcraft uh, took me under his wings, and so I was able to learn a lot from him. But what I, what we started to notice is a shift from like the large group 1990 church uh, youth group model. Uh, so it really started to go from there to more like a smaller, more intimate type uh, of a setting for youth ministry, and then almost like a complete uh, abandonment of the large group model and more of like discipleship groups. And that's kind of the, what we're noticing, uh, or what has been coming out uh, in all the articles, is because. Uh, back in the day, like uh, the large group model, again, where you get everyone together, you feed them pizza, popcorn, uh, and have like a little devotional or, or some time in adoration. 
Um, what they've what they realized and noticed with that is there is still clicks being formed. There was still exclusion happening, even if you had a really good program. Um, kids were still kind of left on the peripheries, and and it wasn't it wasn't reaching uh, as many as it could have. And so then there's that shift. So we'll go away from the large. Now we're getting more into the small groupish model, um, where you where you put one adult kind of in a in a group of five to six, maybe seven ish kids in your program. And you have them walk with them. Uh, and that's kind of what we're noticing is, is what is being successful today. I think a, a, an example of a church that's modeling it and still working on, uh, on some of the kinks would be at Holy Spirit in uh, uh, Fargo. Or, yeah, at Fargo. Because they're using Y Disciple. But Father Ross, uh, he puts their kids in like a small group starting in sixth grade. And they walk with a leader through high school. So they get the same leader, the same group. Like kids will move in and out of them. Um, depending on if they move and whatnot. But for the most part, they try to keep these kids together, and that's, it's a great philosophy. It's a great way to help build community, to build this connectivity with a small group of people. But it doesn't exclude large group. You still do, like, large group gatherings. You still can do certain events, certain gatherings at your church uh, that really are impactful. So that's what we're noticing now is, is where the direction of youth ministry is going. Brady, you, you said something I have a question about. Uh, you talked about we weren't reaching uh, them with the large groups. And so when you say we're going to reach a, ch- a, a child, a young, a young adult, what, what does that mean to you? Yeah, uh, so when, when I was getting involved, uh, I loved the stuff that came out in the 90s, even though it was, I mean, some of it was super cheesy. Um, and it was all like the gimmicky, like, let's do all the dancing. I mean, dancing is good, but like the, the worship songs were all like dancey, dancey kind of stuff. And I think there was this belief from the leader in front of the kids that they already knew Jesus. And I think for the most part, like, there was that, uh, there was more of a, like a Christian sense in the group. Uh, and so there wasn't uh, necessarily like a need to, like, to accompany them. Again, one of those buzzwords that's going on. And so as, as, as years progressed, uh, they started to notice, uh, again, that r- the, the assumption was the reach was they're here, they know Jesus, they love Jesus. And as the time ca- went on, uh, the realization was like, well, well, they're here, but they don't know Jesus. How do, how do we change our model to make sure like, that it's more than just they come in here and talk, like that they be known? Again, going back to that whole like, uh, connectivity and understanding. Because that's what we're noting. I mean, that's like been the breakdown with the breakdown of the family, uh, the breakdown of like you know Christian communication, and, like just in the in the circle of friends, like there's just none of that happening in the public sector, and so the reach is more of, hey, do you know Jesus? Do you know that He loves you? Do you know that He desires you? And then how are you? Like how are like beyond like good? Like the one word answers. If you were to ask uh, my youth in DL, whenever I ask them that question, like how are you? Uh, and they said, good, they knew that I was not going to accept that answer uh, because there is more to that. Like, well, my parents are getting divorced. Um, I just broke up with my boyfriend. Uh, I'm struggling with this addiction or this addiction. And that really just opened the door for, for the Lord to come in and, and do what he does uh, is to restore them. Yeah, because how do you facilitate that encounter? That's just right. a challenge for all of us beyond, beyond youth groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, any Any ministry they're working in is... If that person has that encounter, hasn't had that encounter first, how do you, how do you get that to happen? 
I was going to say, that's a great point, and I want to come back to that with, with you, Brady. Uh, again, if you're joining us, this is Real Presence Radio Live, and Brady Borsland in studio here. He works in the Diocese of Fargo with a young adult youth and young adult ministry. We're talking about, really, how do we reach our youth? Again, kind of from that theme of there's loneliness. We all have loneliness. We desire for a connection, for community, and it's impossible to grow in holiness in a vacuum. You have to have community to grow in holiness because that's how we experience our God because he again is a relationship. And I want to share something too that you know Tom you said oh, how do we how do we facilitate that encounter with Christ. So as parents, right? You saying Brady you were saying that the large group thing doesn't work so we kind of move down to where you have one or two adults who journey with a small group of children. Gosh, that sounds like a family. Mm -hmm. um, right? Kind of that sense of the, the whole church the domestic church is the family. And so as you know, we, my wife and I as a family, we have seven children, and we try to model that for our children, this encounter with Christ, right? We pray together as a family, we have an adoration hour together as a family, we go to mass together, at, you know, confession, we do all these things, right? And it was funny because something stood out to me. Last summer, my kids went to the youth camp, Summit Youth Camp, Brady's Youth Camp there, or the diocese that Brady leads, uh, I'll say it's your youth camp, but, uh, you know, and, and my daughter, Francesca, afterwards, I, I said, so what was the most important moment for you? And she said, and she said, I just, at adoration, I just, I just, we, I just wept in front of the Lord. And I'm thinking, okay, we have an adoration hour every week on Wednesdays from four to five o'clock here over at the cathedral. I've never seen you weep in adoration. And, and you're telling me that this experience, but it made, what it told me was we have to have that encounter with family, right? As parents, we want to have that encounter. But we also have to have that encounter with other like-minded people, our own age, peers. Mm -hmm. And that's what stood out to me. It's like, okay, so we've given, her, we've given her a foundation for this relationship with the Lord. But until she has to own it, right? She's now with her parents. That's a good it's a start. We have to give it to them. But when she then is with her own peers, she now owns it. She could choose in adoration to engage or to whisper to the friend next to her. And she makes a choice. And because she makes that choice, now she has an even deeper encounter with the Lord. And so that's just kind of what stood out to me. Because at first I thought, I'm, I'm insulted. I'm insulted. You've got to go to a youth group in order to encounter Christ. And this entire time, for the last 15 years, I've been trying to help you encounter Christ. And that's what it took. And I thought, wait a minute. Firstly, Steve, this is not about you. But second, okay, this makes sense. They have to own it. Thoughts? And yes, uh, one, the family role is vital. Uh, the, the way that the mom and dad live out their faith is, is important uh, to transmitting the faith to the youth. But it, you're right, there, it has to also be coupled with uh, like peers that are, are on fire for their faith or that can model the faith for them. Because what you notice with middle schoolers, there's, uh, maybe, maybe your kids did, maybe they didn't, uh, middle school rebellion. Like, you know, they, they begin to, in a sense, reject the authority, uh, the teachings, the commands uh, of the family uh, as, they're, as they're navigating uh, the world. And it doesn't mean that they, they don't want to completely get rid of them. It's just them trying to understand themselves in this developmental process. And that's where, like, solid peers, solid Catholic peers come into play, like youth ministers, young adults. Like, they come in and, and walk in that moment with the parents. And that's why you see... Uh, it enhanced. Um, so it doesn't mean like the family life is, is bad. It's, it's amazing. But it, when it's coupled with a solid mentorship from young adults or on fire young adults, it just makes everything phenomenal. I think it's a key word that you said there, Brady, is enhanced, right? Because as parents, we're the primary educators of our children. And what happens here, right, is we, we can go to either extreme. We as parents can say, you know what? 
I, I paid for a good Catholic education or there's a good Catholic uh, youth group that I make my kid go to or whatever RE classes on Wednesday night. I make them go to that and I've done my part. Nope. Wrong. And that's because some of the conversations we're having now with the Senate is parents aren't transmitting the faith or the kids are coming to, to these youth groups or to Catholic schools or, you know, Catholic education and they're coming home and it's not supported. Mm-hmm. And therefore, no community Therefore, it, does, it, it can't go anywhere. So we have to have both. We have to have strong family life transmitting that faith. And then we also have to have this peer mentorship, this community of, of like-minded, like-aged people um, who are supporting that, that work. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and it, it is it is important to have uh, the support and the modeling by the parents too. I remember one of a former youth, he was accepted to Net uh, Ministries, and he, I was at a coffee shop, and he had called me, and he was in tears. And he called, and he's, he's like, I just need to see you. So he came to the coffee shop, and he said, I told my parents that I was going to go on net. And the first thing they said to me, like, they weren't, like, very practicing. They were, you know, they were kind of more nominal, but they said, like, pack your stuff and leave our house. And, and that, like, just, like, it destroyed him. So he's like, I've got this, I've got this great opportunity. I'm, in, I'm on fire for Jesus, but it's not supported in the home. How do I, how do I live with that? How do I process that? Um, and so it was interesting. I mean, he did go. He had a great year. Uh, he's a phenomenal, phenomenal disciple now. So, uh, yeah. Folks, so this is Real Presence Live, visiting with Brady Borslin here, also Steve Splinskowski, along with Tom, Tom O'Keefe. O'Keefe. And uh, we're going to take a break, but we're going to continue the conversation on the other side of the break. Again, kind of the theme here, loneliness, but we're zooming in on our youth, our young adults. How do we help them um, experience community? Community first, the human community, because that, again, is a reflection of our God, who is a community, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And without that human connection, it's hard to have a connection with the God we cannot see. So we'll continue this conversation on the other side of the break. This is Real Presence Live. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. This is Lavinia Spirito for Catholic Way Bible Study. In Mark chapter 4, Jesus crosses the Sea of Galilee with his disciples and quickly falls asleep, even as their boat is amidst a huge, life-threatening storm. The text says that the sea was literally shaking like an earthquake. Imagine the disciples' fear as they awake, their master saying, Master! Do you not care that we perish? Note that they wouldn't have been in this dangerous situation if they had not gotten in the boat to begin with. They are committed, no matter how big the storm. After setting sail in his boat of radical missionary discipleship, it can often seem that God is asleep or uncaring when we are troubled by the storms of life. The good news is that he is in fact always there and always ready to calm the storm when the time is right. Sometimes the storms are there to show us our total dependence on Him and not on ourselves. Jesus, we trust in you. Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace, power, purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org. As Catholic people, we recognize our lives are gifts from God. Blessings received are a result of God's grace and goodness. Our Lord entrusts us to be good stewards of His many gifts. We are called to conduct lives that honor Him and bear witness to our faith in Jesus Christ. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio. As we begin a new year, let's reflect a moment on stewardship. Your life should provide an example to others in the way you live your faith, the way you manage your possessions, and the way you plan your estate and personal affairs. You have spent a lifetime acquiring your assets and living your faith. 
Fortunately, we can provide you with an estate planning guide that allows you to put all of your important information in one place and enable you to document your intentions. To request an estate planning guide, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. And good morning. Thank you for being with us. These 47 minutes, again, the first uh, segment here, first hour of Real Presence Live will be with you for the, the continuing next 15 minutes and into the next hour talking about things that matter most, our faith. Um, and our life, because they're connected. We can't separate them. Our Christian faith should always inform our our life in the world. And we were talking about loneliness here this morning um, and kind of dovetailing that into youth ministry because we've got Brady Borslin in studio here from the Diocese of Fargo, works in youth and young adult ministry, Steve Sponskowski, along with Tom O'Keefe. And we're going to continue that conversation, Brady. There's an article coming out in the New Earth that talks a little bit about this philosophy of, of youth interaction that we've been just talking about. Give us a kind of a, uh, give us a, uh, what's the word, a little bit of a, preview of that. Yes. Um, So uh, the article is going to be called Inspiring Youth to Be Missionary Disciples. And what what it's going to, the article is all about is talking about the transition from what was laid through uh, by Kathy Loney and and what we've done to to build off of that foundation and and also talking about some of the changes that, you know, kind of our conversation today, like what we've noticed as changes in the church, changes into the ministry, uh, changing the approach of what we're going to be doing from a diocesan standpoint and how we're going to support uh, parishes, the priests, DREs, and youth ministers. Uh, and then at the end of it, uh, the simple plugs for various events and, and uh, conferences and camps that we're going to be doing. Excellent. So to, uh, that uh, New Earth is going to be coming out probably, I think it's mid-May. I think it's a little later in the month. Normally it's the first week, but I think they told me yesterday to be uh, mid-May uh, for the New Earth article coming out. So look forward uh, to that conversation or that uh, article um, from Brady Borson. So Brady, you've got uh, stuff going on this summer. What what are, what do you have planned for the, the youth of the diocese? Yeah, so there's a, there's a few things. Uh, the biggest thing that we're going to have again is Camp Summit. So it's going to be, so uh, it's second year. Um, so if you relate it back into the sports, they talk about it like the sophomore season, like that's usually like when the breakout year happens for like professional athletes. And so I'm kind of setting a higher bar, a bar for it. Um, so it'll be during, uh, it'll be at Red Willow Bible camp in Binford, North Dakota in July. And I'm already excited about it. Uh, we've, we've been getting applications for our staff and our, our service team coming in uh, every day. Um, and we've been also where our numbers are higher than what they were last year. So that's really good to see. Um, I know it's an unknown thing for the diocese and, and to see that it's already, uh, gained more, uh, participants than last year is, is good. It means it's spreading a little bit. They're inviting their friends. It's doing what it should do, you know, word of mouth invite. Um, and so I'm, I'm pretty excited because, uh, the camp is powerful. Like, uh, Steve said, uh, his daughter was there and, and she wept during adoration. And so Camp Summit is meant to be an opportunity for kids to get away to encounter Jesus. Now, we know we can't force that encounter, but we can at least provide a space for the, for the Holy Spirit to do work. Um, and so it's a very, uh, a very uh, intense camp with a small group discussion, keynotes. I will have mass every day, uh, adoration every day. And every single day, I'll kind of have a different theme to it also. 
uh, there'll be men's and women's session. Um, we have a phenomenal musician coming in. His name is John Martin. He's he he works with uh, Ali Aliyah's band, uh, and he was actually at our DYD, our middle school youth rally this past October. So I'm excited to to see all those things. Um, in talking uh, with some of our service team members, uh, they're they're pretty they're pretty stoked for coming back. We have a bunch of new faces for that, and so there's going to be a big challenge of forming them. So the service team is just a, a group of high schoolers that come and they get a little retreat within the camp too, how to lead small group, uh, how to share your testimony, how to live your faith in the public sphere. Um, and it's all setting them up for coming back as a counselor because we need to work on some of those things now. So when they're 18 and up, they come back, kids kind of know them um, and they're ready to just hit the ground running and, and disciple. So what kind of numbers are you talking about here? Buddy? Uh, so right now we're sending about 62-ish kids for campers. We have 13 on our service team, and we're going to have uh, about 18 counselors. So it'd be our 18 and ups. And then we'll have our leadership team, and that's going to be comprised of like myself, a musician, uh, an assistant director, uh, our MC. And then we do have, this is great, uh, the Krebs family out of Jamestown, so like uh, and Whitney Thompson, they're all coming. Uh, they came and helped us last year, but it was so impactful for them that they're all coming to work in our kitchen. Uh, so they're, you know, mom and dad and one of the sisters are going to be uh, serving in the kitchen. Then Whitney's going to assist direct with me. Her brother's going to be on staff. Her sister's going to be on service team. And then their little one, Paul, is going to be on as a camper. So we get the whole crew there. What, cool. are the, what are the dates? And uh, so for, for the camp, if you're going to be as a camper, uh, July 9th through the 13th. Uh, but if you're thinking about applying to be a part of our staff or service team, uh, we have them come on the 7th of July for two days of staff training and formation. And is there still openings uh, for this camp summit or are you pretty full? Yeah, uh, so there's definitely, uh, there's about 20 spots open for, for campers, uh, for the staff, we still could use one to two more girls and one more guy. And then for service team, our girls are all filled up. So we could use a couple more guys to balance that out a little bit. Very good. I know my kids are already signed up for that, so they're pretty excited yeah. uh, to be out there with some of their cousins. So uh, how do they get? How do people sign up for Camp Summit? Uh, they can go to the diocesan website, uh, and then through there, you can navigate the different tabs uh, to find under offices, the youth office, and then it'll link you to Camp Summit, and you can register right there. Um, or you could call the diocese, and I can walk you through the registration process, um, or you can email me, and I can send you the link for that, too. Um, for the camper, it's pretty easy. It's an easy form. Uh, for the staff and service team, we do we do require a little work from them. We ask them to not only uh, fill out a, a pretty lengthy application, but we want them to get some references, too, uh, just so, because I don't know everyone, uh, and it helps me uh, kind of get a baseline read of who they are. So the website there, FargoDiocese.org, or if you want to call Brady Borsland, 701-356-7900, 701-356-7900, then ask for his, uh, his extension and they'll forward you to him. But uh, check that out. Camp Summit coming up July what is it, 9th through the 13th. I'm kind of reading upside down. July 9th through the 13th, so some events there. What else we got coming up? Right. Yeah, so uh, another big thing that I, I'm excited about, uh, we do this every year. Uh, it's called a Steubenville Youth Trip. This is for high schoolers. Uh, ever since I've got he uh, I got here, uh, we have led a diocesan group to it. So there's been churches or parishes that have gone individually. 
Uh, but I, I've listened and there's been uh, some churches that said like, well, we just don't have the resources to pull this off on our own. So we decided to do a diocesan group down to it. And in each year we've increased our number. So last year we had about like 97 is a final number uh, on our group. This year we have 150 uh, with a few more wanting to join, but we just have uh, no extra spaces for that. Um, so it's uh, end of July, July 28th through the 31st. It, uh, it's a big uh, conference put on by uh, Franciscan University. Uh, the, the theme this year is a re, uh, Refuge. And it's going to be more focused on the Eucharist since we're in the year or the Eucharistic revival time. Um, there'll be a little over 2,000 people there. And so I'm pretty excited about that one. Uh, so if you're a high schooler or if you're listening as a parent or grandparent, uh, you know, talk to your uh, talk to your priest, uh, talk to your youth minister, because we do have some individual slots open, so they might be able to jump on board with us. Uh, but along with that, uh, last year, uh, we brought on two interns and we were praying about like what to do with them because uh, we were noticing that young disciples uh, was, was, be- uh, was becoming more difficult to, to get missionaries. Uh, and, and so we decided to look at what would a revamp look like. So we brought on two missionaries or two interns that kind of like modeled a potential new vision for uh, like a new missionary program for the diocese. And so we're going to have a couple of them back this year. Uh, and we're, it was, so they're going to be called, it's going to be called the Core Christi Missionary Pro, uh, Program. And it's going to, you know, Core Christi means the heart of Christ. And so that's basically our aim is to, uh, is to bring uh, Christ to these people. So we are going to be offering uh, like weekly events in the Fargo area. Uh, as I work with the, the youth ministers and DREs from Fargo, um, it, it became evident that there, there was a desire to get us together to do stuff. Um, and so I said that I would, I would kind of model it for a couple of years and, and then with the hope that they would be able to take on that role later on. So we'll be providing uh, weekly events throughout the st- summer starting in June. And this would be open to kids uh, in middle school and high school. Uh, most of the events are going to be free. Uh, and then we will have a couple that we'll ask for, um, for some fees for. Uh, we might try to, we're trying to look at bringing them over to the character challenge course in Park Rapids, because uh, that's just a good time and a good thing to do. And then we'll we'll cap it off at the end of the summer with two events, one of them being a, a large, like, fun trip to the cities, to, like, Valley Fair. Uh, and then we're going to try and do, like, a big gathering uh, here in Fargo, just like a family event, too, to where we can bring them all together and, and kind of set the stage for the school year uh, to get them prepared, get them excited about everything that come uh, for youth opportunities. Um, so that summer ministry, I know I kind of give the overview, but uh, it'll have events like social events, uh, social justice events, where we'll go serve. Like last year, we, um, we, heard, uh, we, li- we heard from Tim Mosier about pro-life initiatives, and then we uh, marched to uh, the clinic uh, in Fargo. So, I mean, that'll look different this year. Uh, and then we'll do spiritual events. Uh, we call them XLT. So we're going to have some community time. Well, we'll play some ultimate Frisbee because it's always fun to do that. Uh, and then we'll all co- uh, go to the pastoral center uh, where we'll hear a keynote, uh, have some praise and worship with adoration and confession and just, uh, again, a time of community building and formation. 
All right, great. Thanks. Uh, Brady Borsland here. And again, for more information, FargoDiocese.org forward slash youth events actually has an entire list of all the events and opportunities for our teens. Uh, FargoDiocese.org forward slash youth events. Uh, you'll see Brady's picture right on there. And I again, I think we should just, uh, one of the things we should do is, it could, because this is radio, no one knows what any of us look like. But I think, like, Brady, you have, like, different hairdos very often. <laughs> like, looking at the website, he's like, he's got kind of a preppy hairdo. Today, what, are they, what would they call that? Is that a bob? Or what's, what do they call that where yeah, you have the ponytail on top? Of, you know, I'm kind of working toward a man bun. Um, oh, man bun. There if, you, if you look at the article in the, the New Earth, I have, like, a shaved head. So I've got various looks. So so the question we're going to have, we're going to have a monthly radio show with a guess what Brady's hairdo is this month. But anyway, <laughs> check out the information at FargoDiocese.org forward slash youth events. This is Real Presence Live. On the other side of the break, we're going to visit with Father Leffert talking about his upcoming retreat again at Maryville for Fathers. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.